Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. Sports is life. Many people feel that way, though perhaps each individual might plug in a specific sport first. But for our guest today, sports has been central to her, both personally and professionally. In part one of my conversation with Nicole McCormick, we're going to explore just how sports played a key part in her childhood and the people who encouraged and inspired her along the way. Let's get to it. Team Snap is the presenting sponsor of the Winning Is Not Everything podcast. Fall sports season is right around the corner. Are you ready? Team Snap is connecting the world of youth sports by providing solutions for coaches, administrators, and brands. Team Snap for Teams offers coaches and team managers a top-tier youth sports management app to help you focus less on team management and more on coaching while TeamSnap for Business gives administrators the most complete youth sports management platform to run their clubs. And for brands looking to make noise in the youth sports marketing space, TeamSnap for Brands can help marketers reach parents on the field, at home, or on the go. Download the TeamSnap app in your mobile app store or visit teamsnap.com winning for more information. Growing up in Bay Village, Ohio, outside of Cleveland, Nicole McCormick says sports were huge not only for her, but in her community. She started playing soccer when she was five years old, and her father coached her, even though he didn't know much about the sport. Nicole is now a senior leader at TeamSnap, and we'll cover a lot of important and interesting topics with her. But in part one of our conversation, Nicole shares the impact her father's decision to coach her had on her a huge life lesson she learned from a mistake in a relay race, and her journey to being able to play collegiate soccer at Cornell University. Stick around to hear some inspiring stories and insights from Nicole McCormick. What are we waiting for? Let's get to it. Well, I am so privileged to have with me as a guest today, Nicole McCormick. She is an executive with TeamSnap, which is my title presenting sponsor for this podcast. Nicole came highly recommended to me, and I am so excited to ask her about her childhood sports journey, the work that she does at TeamSnap, and being a mom to some young athletes. Nicole, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Sean. It's great to be here. Well, Nicole, I want to just know from you a little bit about your story. Like, where did you grow up and what were some of those favorite childhood sports memories you had as a young child? Yeah, I grew up in Bay Village, Ohio, which is a small suburb just west of Cleveland. We were a town of about, gosh, 17,000 people. So a small town. And youth sports were a huge part of my life and really a huge part of the community growing up. So I played soccer from the age of five in our local youth soccer rec league. Ended up doing that through my whole journey of high school and into college. So we can talk about that. I ran track. There are some great memories there of being a two-time state champion with my real A team in track. And, you know, when I think about so much of my childhood, my high school experience, my formative years, a lot of it really, frankly, centers in and around youth sports for me. 
That is so cool, Nicole. Who were some of those influential people for you growing up, whether they were, you know, coaches or teachers? Who were those people that really encouraged you as a young person? Yeah, well, I think the number one one I have to talk about is my dad. So my dad started coaching me in soccer in our rec league at the age of five. He knew nothing about soccer at the time. He was a football, basketball, baseball guy, but I was showing an interest in soccer. And so, you know, he started reading books. He started taking coaching workshops. He coached me all the way up through my freshman year in high school, where he actually became our high school's JV soccer coach. And then he went on actually to coach all of my siblings. So I think it all said my my dad ended up coaching soccer for something like 30 or 35 years. My siblings and I are very spaced out. But, you know, I think why he made such a big impact on me was just the interest he showed in something that I was passionate about. And, you know, the fact that he showed that interest meant the world to me, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I remember one of the guests I had, incredibly inspiring guy, J.R. Martinez, and he talked about that. That was one of his parting encouragements to parents is whatever your child shows an interest in, you learn about it and show that interest and just jump in you know, whatever it is. And he talked about how one of his daughters got into softball and he knew nothing about softball. So he started watching YouTube things and ended up becoming a coach. And I think that just reminds me so much of what your dad is. And people ask me, like, I'm a soccer coach right now, but if my son, who's the oldest, would have shown an interest in basketball or baseball or whatever, I probably would have coached him in one of those sports as well. Just because I just feel like coaches can have such a huge impact, not only on your child, but also the other kids on the team. So I think that's such a great example from your father. What is one of the most valuable lessons you learned through a challenge or defeat in sports? Yeah, so this one's easy for me. It was my junior year in high school, and it was the regional championship track meet. And at that meet, the top four teams go on to states, right? And my four by 400 meter relay team was the defending state champions. The same four of us. We'd won the year prior and here we were again. We hadn't lost to me a race all season. We were favorites to win the regionals and frankly, felt pretty good about our chances of repeating as state champions. The race, though, was um, it was sort of in the evening and started being the evening and it was um, starting to be a rainy evening. So conditions weren't great. I ran my leg. I was the second leg of the relay. Ran my leg. We come around well in the lead, as we usually were, with a big lead on the rest of the teams. And I dropped the baton on the handoff. And it hits the track and bounces. And I was devastated. Absolutely Mm. devastated. I think I fell to the track sobbing. In my mind, I had just ruined our chances at a repeat state title. But the lesson learned was my relay partner, our third leg, didn't fall apart didn't even stop. She picked up the baton, staying out of the way of the other runners who are now racing. The other teams are racing by us at this point. She picks up the baton, makes sure she stays out of their way, stays calm, cool, and collected. And then she and our anger leg run like they've never run before. And we eat in at fourth place. We went on <laughs> to get to states and repeat as state champions. Wow. But the lesson I learned from that 18-year-old girl, who was my relay mm. partner, about how you just don't give up, you don't give up hope, and you pick up the baton and you keep running was a really powerful one that I think about to this day. 
Well, Nicole, I appreciate you being so willing to share about a vulnerable moment that you weren't victorious, right? I mean, you, you needed your teammates to pick you up and they did, and there is a happy ending, but that's so powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Nicole, who's an unsung hero from your childhood, ideally someone not related to you, who was key in your development as a student athlete? This one's interesting because one of the people that comes to mind was the captain of my varsity soccer team in high school, which I think is interesting. My last example was just about one of my teammates, right, that I learned something from. And this is another one. She was our captain for two years and at an early age showed me what leadership looked like and what it looked like to also be a leader among your peers. Um, mm. She was inspirational, but also hard on us at times when we needed it. There were times my senior year in high school when maybe I wasn't putting the team first. You know, maybe I wasn't prioritizing soccer in the way I should have been. It was my senior year, you get a little bit of senioritis. And I remember her pulling me aside, setting up a meeting specifically with me and saying, we need you, the team needs you to be at your best. And you're a leader here, even if you're not the captain and the team looks up to you and you have a responsibility to own that position. And a moment for me when one of my peers really, you know, as I said, showed me leadership, got my head back in the game where it needed to be. And I think that was at a pivotal moment for me that I needed some of that messaging. Wow. Yet another great example. Thank you so much. What's one thing you would tell your eight, 12 and 16 year old self? I would tell myself that you have no idea how the lessons and skills and qualities you're learning through these sports experiences are going to carry you to success later in life. And, you know, the discipline and the determination, the resilience, the selflessness, the leadership, how you'll use it every single day later in life, not on the pitch, not on the track, but in your daily life, in your career, in your family life as a mother. And I think I probably had no idea of that back then, but that's what I would tell myself. Be honest with me here. Obviously, you were a very good athlete. What were some of those accomplishments in high school that are sort of on your resume? Oh, thank you for that. I was a good athlete, although I like to joke that, which I think was another lesson learned, I was the slowest leg on our two-time state championship relay team. But you know what? I'm still a two-time state champion in the, the four by 400 <laughs> meter in Ohio, right? I mean, that's sort of the lesson of I wasn't the best, but I had a role to play, right? And uh, I left because one of those things going a little off here was I was the second leg. Our first leg was wicked fast. And she would hand me the baton with just such a lead every time. My job was don't lose the lead. It was a pretty easy job. It made my <laughs> life easy. My only job was don't lose the lead. And if I could come across either even or still in the lead, my third and fourth could handle the rest. But, you know, it was a great lesson, too. In like in a team, everybody has a job to do in a, a role play, right? right. So in track, um, yes, there are a lot of accolades for that team. We were two-time state champions. We are in our high school hall of fame, which was super fun to go to that, Sarah Wody. Yeah. We, over a two-year span, very, very rarely lost a race. In soccer, that was all about team. We had a very good um, varsity soccer team at, at my high school, and we fell just short. We made a run of winning our conference, winning districts, winning regionals. And then um, I guess my other one is I went on to play college soccer. So I went on to play varsity soccer at Cornell University, 
which was a really wonderful experience as well. That's absolutely incredible. Tell me a little bit more about soccer. Like what position did you play and what was sort of your role on your team? Because you mentioned that you weren't a captain your senior year, but obviously you were a very important player. Yeah. Uh, The funny thing about my soccer career is I played over the course of it all over different positions, which I think as a mom now is something that I keep in mind with my kids, right? Getting that versatility of playing different positions is often actually really helpful and, and valuable. I started when I was young. I, back then, I don't even think they have this position they called anymore, but it was the sweeper. It was the last line of defense. That's what I played mm-hmm. when I was young. Ended up, you know, migrating into more midfield. And so in high school, I played either a center mid or an outside midfield position. That track star in me could run a lot. So midfield was a good position for me there. And then when I went into college, I came in as a midfielder, but actually what ended up happening my freshman year is unfortunately we had one of our seniors who was an outside back, outside defender, got injured. And I that was my opportunity. I was just a freshman, but my opportunity, they threw me in an outside back. And that is where I ended up finishing my college career, being an, an outside back. How did you feel about that? Because sometimes kids get locked into, I play this position and or I don't know that position. I'm not comfortable trying it. Did you embrace that right away or did you kind of have to be convinced by one of your coaches? I think I embraced the opportunity right away, but I think I was nervous about, hmm, I, you know, this isn't the position I normally play in. Do I know how to play this position? Obviously had some defense earlier in my career. Again, back to, I think that had served me well, though, a little bit of moving around, not getting locked in early that I was a striker or I was a defender, moving around a bit, then gave me the confidence, right? When that opportunity presented itself to say, yeah, I think I can do that. I'll work on this and and make it work. So I was nervous about it, but was excited about the opportunity to see the field early, no matter what role I needed to play. What was that experience like to be a collegiate student athlete at such a very esteemed academic institution like Cornell? So challenging, I guess, because it is an intense academic institution. So you got to you got to put a lot of time into the books. And then if you're a varsity athlete, you know, that's an Ivy Leagues, but still a D1. So there was a commitment there. Time management was critical, right? And taking sort of accountability for your own academic career. You know, we would miss a lot of classes to be on the road or to go to an away game or something like that. And you really had to own that and figure out going to the professors yourself and how do I catch up? How do I make up? On the flip side, though, what a wonderful experience because you also then had the sports community at the school, not just your own soccer team, but the men's soccer team and some of the other athletes. It was a real community that I really appreciated, made the school feel smaller, you know, made me, gave me a home. So that was a wonderful part of it. And, you know, it kept you disciplined, um, which sometimes in college is a good thing. That structure, that discipline, when you're a collegiate athlete, it's really a must if you're going to excel in sports and excel in academics. And so I think some of that was beneficial as well. Looking back, what was something you appreciated about your parents' influence on your athletic journey, especially given how far you were able to take sports going into college? Yeah, you know, there's the obvious two things, which is just the time investment and the financial investment, looking back on it. And now understanding it as a parent, I can appreciate it even more, right? But the thing that sticks out for me the most 
is they made that investment. The, the love they showed in me, again, by taking such an interest in the activities I loved and the message they sent me that I was worth it, that I was worth that investment. And I think for a young girl growing up, that's a really powerful message to send her. What was one of your academic and athletic highlights from Cornell? You know, I'm going to tell a story that isn't about one of my highlights, like one of my accomplishments. I think I should tell a story that is just one of the highlights for me of Cornell. And I think it speaks to some of the topics we've been hitting on. My sophomore year, we had a game against UConn and it was at UConn. And believe it or not, at the age of 19, this was going to be the first game that my dad had ever not watched me play, which is hard to believe, but it is true. And he had told me, I'm not making the drive to UConn. It's too far. I can't make it. I've got some work stuff. And I said, no worries. But UConn was a great team. It was a big game. I was a bit nervous for that game. So we're going into it. I'm a little bit nervous and we're warming up before the game uh, on the field. And one of my teammates says to me, Nicole, isn't that your dad over there? And I'm like, no, he's not coming. And they're like, no, I think that's your dad over there. And I looked at the sidelines and there's my dad. So I go trotting over. I'm like, what are you doing here? And he's like, ah, I couldn't do it. Couldn't sleep. He got up at three o'clock in the morning. He drove nine hours straight to make it in time for the wow. game. Wow. To be there. And it's funny, I recently shot and looked up what the score of that game was. We lost 10 to 1. <laughs> I remember wanting to crawl in a hole and just bury myself in that game because, remember, I'm a defender. We're losing 10 to 1. There were a lot of goals scored. But I'd totally forgotten what the score was. The only thing I remembered about that game, again, was my dad showing up for me. And again, just the power of the love that showed. And I was like, mm. all about the fact that we got buried 10-1 in that game. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you can immediately get the latest episode. If you have any questions or comments, please visit my website, seankjensen.com and go to the contact page. You can even leave me a voice recording. And of course, I want to thank my presenting sponsor, TeamSnap. Whether you are a coach, administrator, or brand looking to reach the youth sports community, TeamSnap connects the world of youth sports. Until next time, I'm Sean Jensen. Yeah.